right, welcome back. We're another week with the Homestead Shop Talk. And uh, how's it going, guys? How's it been your week? Good, good. Very yeah, busy. staying cool. Uh, Al's, Al's wearing a sweater. It's been a cold week. The coldest morning we had, I hate to tell you guys, but a couple of mornings <laughs> we've been like 48 degrees in the morning. Oh, <laughs> nice. nice. No. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I need to take this whole month off and go visit you. <laughs> we'll pay for it this winter. It'll be like negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit out or something for a month nope. straight. And you guys will be 70s. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope it gets cold this winter. That, um, that'd be a bummer. So today's podcast, we're going to be talking about building local economies. Like what, what we kind of our thoughts on that, um, you know, building up local business, businesses, and uh, we'll, we'll dive into that later. But first, we're going to be talking about our week. So, uh, Ben, you're still putting away all the food? <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. I actually like sat down and wrote down like <laughs> what I did last week just just because it was like, was I really in here in the kitchen with Meg every day? Yeah, all but one day, pretty much. Um, yeah, we uh, we went through and we <laughs> processed all of our onions. Um, had a dismal onion harvest this year. Um, first off, this spring we had planted all of our onions and half of them froze to death. So the onions that we did have a lot of them just didn't do very good. So, uh, for, oh gosh, I don't know, four months of work, uh, growing onions. We only, we didn't even have 50 pounds of onions. So we, because we had a lot of rot with the stuff that had grown, we had to process everything immediately. So there was a lot of chopping and freezing and, uh, we made some onion marmalade. I don't know if you've ever had that. It's like, uh, balsamic vinegar and brown sugar, uh, and you cook the onions down till they're like super soft, and uh, it's just pretty, pretty good stuff. It goes really good on, especially if you have like sourdough bread or something like that. It's just some good stuff. It goes good on meat, but I uh, made a whole bunch of that. Um, I harvested our walking onions, which has been an experiment that uh, has kind of done really good uh the you know the bulbing onions not so good the walking onions so if you've ever heard of a walking onion it's an onion that uh, i've heard people call them perpetual green onions um you plant this teeny tiny little bulb this thing grows like gangbusters pushes up you know green onions and you can harvest these greens indefinitely um I have had the plants freeze back to the ground and in a, a week or so, if you have some warm weather, you'll see that thing pushing back up out of the ground. Um, the nice thing about them is the way they reproduce, they send up a shoot and on the top of that shoot, rather than getting a flower stalk, it gets little bulbs, like more onions. And as those little onion bulbs get bigger, they get heavier and they'll fall down on the ground, they'll root and repeat the process. So they can be really invasive if you uh, just forget about them, or they can be an endless supply of green onions. So I, uh, I started with about 12 little bulbs this spring, and uh, I harvested probably close to 300 bulbs. You know, some of them are little bitty, some of them are maybe about that big, you know, maybe in like the one and a half yeah. inch for the biggest ones, but yeah, it's been a really fun experience. So I'm just, I'm multiplying these green onions. Uh, 
Um, and then I should actually like kind of segue this into the uh, the main topic of today's episode. We uh, we went and helped a a friend, someone in our community. Uh, we taught them how to castrate pigs. Um, this was something we did this weekend, so we didn't we didn't film it. But they couldn't find anybody to show them how to castrate pigs. They couldn't find anybody to do it. You know, vets won't do that kind of stuff. Um, you know, maybe if it's like a pet pig, but they have 30-some-odd pigs that they needed to take care of. And so we went out. I showed them a couple, and then they started doing the rest. And it was a really fun time. Uh, it was fun because, you know, <laughs> you know the saying, uh, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. That was kind of the example because when we left, they they said, they're like, we are empowered to raise our own pork now. Now we know everything. They've processed a pig. They know how to castrate now. All of that stuff. So, yeah, it was a pretty good feeling. Uh, other than that, yeah, it was That's just cool. a, another yeah. week in the kitchen preserving. So I was asked to go to the Homesteaders of New England, which they do in, I think it's Greenfield, New Hampshire. So I'm going to be doing my first speaking gig nice. this September. <laughs> I believe it's September 9th, 10th. Yes. Cool. So we're going to be, we're, I said yes to that. So we're going to be going to that and I'll be talking on Saturday. I think it's like at 1.30. I'm going to be talking more about homesteading in New England, like kind of how to set up a homestead in New England for our climate, or I guess maybe more of like homesteading in the North versus like where you guys, I feel like you guys get away with a lot of stuff that you don't have to worry about winter and like long freezing temperatures and snow. So like when we're, I'm planning our homestead, I'm always planning for winter snow being frozen for, you know, two months, three months out of the year, not just like a couple of days. So yeah, we're talking about that kind of stuff. Cool. So if anybody is looking, to go to that Homesteaders of New England conference. I'm going to pull up my information right here. So there's going to be a coupon code. If you use the coupon code LUMNA, you'll get 10% off your order. And the tickets are 25 bucks for the weekend. And I'm going to pull up the website real quick. Just That's so pretty I good. Can say it correctly because yeah. I know. Is it one day, one day event or two days? It's two days. It's saturday and sunday we will only be there on saturday because we have the milk cow to take care of yeah gina's not going to be speaking we'll both be there talking but we won't we won't be we'll both be there meeting and greeting but we're not going to be um both doing the talk you're going to bring your coffee there have you guys (laughs) no we're not going to bring the coffee actually when this podcast goes live, we will have the website up. But as of right now, our website doesn't go live until tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see how it how it goes for us. So, yeah, I, I had some of your coffee, I guess man. to me, that... It's good. How'd you like it? I liked it. It was good. I'm, I'm still drinking it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for You're sending it. still drinking it? I liked it. I haven't, yeah. I haven't done I haven't the cold brew. All three of them. Yeah, I haven't tried the cold brew either. You have or you uh, haven't? I haven't tried that yet. So so far, I mean, it's it's light coffee. I like my coffee dark, uh, but it's good coffee. Yep. Like it's definitely not Folgers. So that's kind of, I guess, I could segue into today's topic, kind of with the coffee thing. 
I guess one of the things that's kind of made me be thinking about this is one of the reasons we're, so we're working with a local roaster to us. And so it's kind of, we're hoping that it takes off, not just so we can sell coffee, but there's a small, this is a small business in our area. So it's like, Hey, if we can support a small business, we can help somebody else local out. This would be awesome. And I was just thinking about that because we're getting a lot of comments like, Oh, you're, you just want to make more money. And it's like, no, we want to be able to help other businesses grow if we can. It's like, it's not about the money. It's about, this is, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just kind of think sometimes I want to write to the person. Do you not work? Like, how do you make a living? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, everybody's got to make an income somehow. So I don't know. I just, if we can help support a local business and grow their business. And this is a, this is a family business. They've styled it in their house. She does it uh, full time now. And her husband would love to do it. They'd love to open a cafe. They make great wow. coffee, so we've been drinking it for a while now. So it's kind of like, I don't know, just, I don't know. One of those things has kind of definitely got me more and more thinking about the whole local economy and try to how to keep money local. But I'll I'll save that more for the topic later on. Um, we've been working on, oh, that's what I wanted to say. So the website for the conference is newenglandhomesteaders.com. So if, they, if you go to that website it'll have all about the conference that's coming up and the speakers if you buy your tickets online and use code lumna you'll get 10 percent off your order or of whatever your however many tickets you're getting and it's 25 bucks for the weekend that's good then, that's a good price i'm gonna say something yeah that's really cheap yeah they're limited tickets i think they're they're maxing out at 1500 people nice. so if you want to go i think it's going to be They'll probably sell out fairly quickly. So, I would think so. Yeah, he's trying to keep it. It's a, yeah, it's Jack from the Mindful Homestead. I don't know if you ever heard of that channel on YouTube. He's mm -hmm. the one who's the main person behind getting everything going, and he wants to keep it affordable, so more people can yeah. afford to go. It's nice. Yeah, it should be exciting. Should be some nice cool weather. September. I bet you everybody be wearing sweatshirts, drinking coffee, and. <laughs> Maybe some hot apple cider. Yeah. Speaking's uh, different, man. All... Speaking speaking's different than now. Uh, you know. Right. I don't know if you're used to that or not. Yeah, because but... you can't edit it. Have you guys done any? Yeah, I've done. I've done I some. haven't done any speaking. This is different. Uh yeah, I yep. I taught a class and you know, it was speaking to twenty, thirty students, but that's not like speaking in front of everybody, but yeah, I, that's as close as I've gotten. That's as close as I'm comfortable getting. Doing the yeah, I guess I did. Right. I spoke doing I've like spoke a class before, Meg. Yeah, with Jason. <laughs> you remember that, Jason? We spoke out in California right. at the Baker Creek thing. Uh, Baker Creek, ba Baker Creek. Yeah, that's right. Yep, that's right. Yeah. That, that was a lot of people. It was like a million years ago. I don't know how many people that were there, but it people. seemed like thousands. It seemed like a thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I blocked that out. That was early. That yeah. was early. That I was... remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I don't remember yeah. that that hour. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're just uh, uh, it's all coming it. back. <laughs> yep, it's yep. all coming back. Uh oh, it's all coming back. <laughs> That's all good. Yeah, yeah, we recorded it, so we yeah. It's good. <laughs> That's funny. We were supposed so, to do 
Mother Earth News was supposed to be having a bunch of events going on. That was before the COVID hit, and then that all got canceled. And mm-hmm. um, even if they reached out again, I would say no thank you, just after all the stuff they pulled the, on Joel Salatin. It's like, no, yep. I'm mm-hmm. kind of glad I didn't get involved in Mother Earth News because yep. they kind of hung him out to dry. So it's like, no, I don't want to support that. I don't buy their magazines no more. I don't, I don't know. Right. They kind of burnt that bridge for me. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so this will be the first one excited but nervous yeah i'm trying not to think about it i know i need to play my talk but kind of like keep that back here (laughs) yeah Mm. that'd be good that'd be good what so what what else did you do this week al did you get the shop going we have done yeah we got the shop going we got i won't give it all away but we got we got most of it up we're waiting for the trusted right now we were able to get a lot done in about four days the roof trusses were supposed to show up last week. They haven't. They're supposed to show up tomorrow afternoon. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed they do. So that means Wednesday we'll set the roof trusses. So I think by the end of this week, beginning of next week, we should have it all pretty much dried in. So that'll be nice. Nice. Cool deal. And we just been enjoying the cooler weather. Yeah, that's been about it here. What have you been up to for the week, Jason? Yeah, um, I'm trying um, to not go outside, um, <laughs> and that's hard. <laughs> On that uh, note, you know, because I, I I start, yeah, <laughs> I started gra- ground on um, that uh, saving water on that thousand gallons, uh, thousand gallon rain tank that I got. So I started, um, you know, doing. Uh, I'm basically making a lean to shed that's going to save water that goes into that. So I just recently got nice. most of the materials delivered. And that's what we did today is hauling all that material up on top of our property. Um, and that took a lot because just me and Lorraine and, we're, <laughs> you know, it's hot, <laughs> it's hot out. So, but, but we did it. Um, so now it's basically just start, start, you know, drilling holes in the ground and setting up posts is the next thing. Um, I was then... watching you set posts the other day. Mm-hmm. I was pretty jealous. I can't drill into my ground like that. I'm just all rocks and boulders. Really? You're just over there with your auger. Just... Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can't do that around here. Wow. I thought, I thought we were, I thought my ground is hard, but maybe it's not. <laughs> No, we got we we got rocks everywhere. It's digging okay. with an excavator. Digging with a mini oh. excavator is hard. Really? So, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. We got we got clay soil. It's a very compacted, but I guess yeah, we don't have much rock. At least there was no rock hardly where I was drilling. Um. So okay, that's that makes me feel good, Al. So thanks. <laughs> You're um, welcome. <laughs> I mean, I took, uh, so my mini truck had broke down, uh, not broke down, but I think a head gasket blew cause it was smoking a lot. So I took it this week to uh, a mechanic. He's had it for a few days already. So I'm kind of waiting back to hear from him. So, so he could tell me exactly what it needs, you know, how much it's going to cost and all that. So, um, you know, the only thing is it was like two hours away. I had a, borrow Ben's uh trailer and then hauled it over there and dropped it off. So 
I'm kind of missing my mini truck. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> chores have been a little bit weirder. I, I just got so used to it. Um, I've been using my zero turn to, uh, I was going to say, that's water. what I use is a zero yeah. turn in a wagon. That's what I used before. Yep. But I was just so used to the truck that, you know. Right. So, I don't know. So, zero turns my backup. And then if that, it's my regular trucks to backup. But hopefully it's not too bad and hopefully it could be fixed. So, you haven't heard at all from the mechanic? He seems, he, he seems to think it was a blown head gasket, but he wasn't going to know for sure. Yeah, again, try not to do too much. We have a chicken... Uh, workshop coming this coming up this weekend so we've been i hate to do a project in my barn prior to that because then i have to clean it all up before the workshop so um usually the week of i try not to do too much um because we got to set up everything easy ups and all that stuff and get ready for people to come how many people are coming for the workshops because you're doing what a saturday and a sunday workshop yeah, Friday, Saturday, and we have uh, we're, we did seven people each day. Wow. So only got, we don't have that much chickens this time. We have maybe, we're doing, I think, 18 chickens per day. It's not bad. So it's not a whole lot. We lost uh, quite a few now, early on of this batch. Is this your last batch? Or do you have another batch after this one? No, this is it. We actually had more, we had a, we had, what did we have? We had 75 chickens more that we had bought and we, we had them here and I don't know wh why <laughs> I, I went crazy early on and just ordered them and I thought, let's just grow more chickens, you know? And, uh, we had them and, and there were, there were already, I think five weeks old and we decided just to just to sell them how they were like five week old okay. chickens they're meat chickens um yeah. we found somebody local that that bought picked them up and bought them um and i actually i'm really thankful for that just because you know i don't know what i was thinking when i bought them i, I was you know <laughs> chicken math you know chicken math creeps up on you <laughs> you know oh yeah well, come April, you get excited because it's good weather, and you're like, "Oh, let's just order all the chickens." Plus, buying you know all the feed was was costing a lot, you know. Um, so yeah, we ended up selling them, which is fine. Plus, we have we have so much. We didn't have feeder space too. That was another thing. Um, you know, we still have those two steers yep. that we butchered at the beginning of the year. We butchered two steers and those three pigs. You doing any more pigs this year? No, as of right now, no. We don't have a freezer space. I would have to figure a way to right. Right. to get rid of them, or, you know, have a big old cook a whole, whole hog or something. <laughs> uh, right. You have to eat it all at once. Uh, but yeah. So, what do you think about this topic, Al? So, what, what is uh, what is local? What, what is, I guess we could define what is local economies. There's a couple of things, but living in rural areas, like where we, I know where we are, and it sounds like where you guys are too, there's not much local business anymore. You don't have many options to shop from. You kind of have the big box stores and you don't have the big box stores. You got Amazon. So it'd be kind of nice to find a way to 
build up the local community again to get more local businesses back in the area and keeping money local. You know, if you're going to a, a local store and you're buying something or you're, you're keeping the money in the community and that can get reinvested. And that's just what I think of when I think of local community and businesses and economy. It'd be nice to have more local farms. I keep seeing like by 2060, there's going to be like half the number of farms there is right now is what they're yep. more than one prediction. I it's like, how can that be? We just keep getting more and more people on the planet and more and more people need to eat food. So I don't know if that's just like big farms going out of business or where they're getting their numbers from, but it'd be nice to see more local stuff so we could have more control over our food and everything. What comes to your mind when you think of local economy? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's trying to support the small business, the family run business, um, you know, the family or the, the hardware store that's been there forever, you know? Um, but that, it can be difficult, you know, like over here, there was a hardware store in, 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 in our little town that closed, that closed down. It was like the only hardware store in the area. And, um, you know, there's, we have a Lowe's that's, I guess that's the hardware store. That's all, you know, that's always been the hardware store, but there was a smaller one that's not there anymore. And that was it. And there's another hardware store, um, by me that's, they have been there for a hundred years, over a hundred years. And, but it's, it's kind of more like a gift shop kind of, you know, it's not really they have yeah. some stuff in there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go in there once a week and buy something. I don't know what I'm going to buy. I don't know what I'm going to need. I don't know what I'm, if I'm going to need anything. I don't know. But I just want to go in there and just buy something once a week and just show my face and just, you know, say hi to people, you know, the people that are there. And it, it, as far as I know, it's it's been a family owned ever since, like since day one. The same family. Um and all last month, I went in there once a week, and I would buy something, even if it was just something like, yeah, something little. Like I would just go in there and just buy it. Um, but then after that month, I went in there one time, and I was like, "Man, I don't see anything cool. new." <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like I'm not sure. I don't really. I kind of bought everything already <laughs> that I need. Um, so, in a sense. That's kind of hard, you know, like I wish they had a little bit more, more stuff, but I'll go to my local feed store and I'll get my hay from them. A lot of people give me a hard time. Like, why didn't you just go to the farmer? I'm like, well, I can kind of support two businesses yeah. in one because this guy goes to the local farm. I joke around all the time. And he brings it back. I'm like it's costing me a little bit more money. I get that in the long run, but I'm not the one having to run to the farm. And then I can support two local places. No, it's fine. Once. I don't, I don't it's kinda, I don't know. I think sometimes um, it costs you a little bit, but go ahead, go ahead. You're also investing in your community at the same time, so I kind of try to look at it that way. I mean, there's some hardware stores like over closer to Asheville. There was one in particular bad. in Hot Springs, North Carolina. It's a small little town up almost like Tennessee border, East Tennessee, and they have a great hardware store. Like I've no, I've met people up there that moved to that area just because of that hardware store. 
<laughs> like if that hardware store wasn't there, they wouldn't be living there, you know, cause then, cause there it's so, it's so rural that, you know, the closest Lowe's is maybe an hour over an hour, over an hour away, but they have the hardware store and they have everything and they're so knowledgeable. I mean, it's the type of place where you walk in and they don't take credit card or any kind of card. They write your order on a piece of paper and then stick it on the wall and be like, Oh, come at the end of the month, just come back and pay for your bill. <laughs> like that's, that's crazy. Like in today's world, you know, stuff like that, I think would be <laughs> something like that would be neat to do. But I also think it would be super hard. I think starting would be the hard part for sure. Getting it up off the ground. What's local economy mean to you there, Ben? Um, so for me, I it's kind of, I guess, two-sided. Um, there's the side of it that I, I like the idea of keeping your money local. Um, uh, gosh, probably, you know, 10 years ago now, me and Meg, my, my better three quarters, used to do craft shows. I, I made knives and sold knives and Meg had her own soap company, still has her own soap company. She makes soap and skincare stuff. And so she was doing the craft shows and it's like, you know what? I bet you I could, I could do this. And so I started doing the craft shows and it really opened my eyes to what it means to support a local economy. When you go to these, you know, like craft shows, that, that's the example I'm going to use. When you go and you buy something from some vendor at, at a craft show, you're, you're not giving your money to a big corporation that doesn't live in your community. They don't care about your community. You are giving your money to your neighbor down the street, your neighbor over here, uh, you know, in some weird way, if you actually think about it, you're keeping your money in the community. Um, and if everybody had the mindset of, you know, hey, I'm not going to go to this fast food joint. I'm going to go to the mom and pop restaurant. They're going to get my money. Um, well, all of a sudden, there becomes a lot of uh, buying power right in your community. Um, you're a lot more insulated from things that might happen uh, if, uh, you know, say another, uh, big calamity happens and all of the corporations demand a certain type of behavior, well, you're kind of up a Creek unless you comply. Whereas if it's a whole bunch of local community people and everybody knows everybody, well, all of a sudden the game's a little bit different. There's a lot more power in people's hands if they <laughs> keep their dollars local. So that's kind of that's kind of a lot of the way I feel about it. Uh, I said there's two parts to this. Uh, I, I have a tendency to get off in the weeds and I start like squirreling out and I get focused on one thing. And but yeah, um, I guess another thing, uh, kind of back to what I talked about in the beginning of helping some friends. That's kind of another way of building community is. If you learn something that can help other people and you're willing to teach someone how to do something for themselves, well, all of a sudden you've just empowered somebody to go further with the things that they need. Um, and by proxy, just like, just like I was taught how to castrate pigs, 
I have now passed it on to other people. Um, that's also, that's, that's also community. That's building your local community, your local economy. Um, that's, that's pretty much what it means to me, you know, being available to help, you know, your, your neighbor down the street, uh, being able to do all of this by building relationships and building community. Uh, it's just something that's pretty important to me, to Meg. It's just, uh, if you have a strong group, a strong community, uh, then when tough times come, uh, you'll stand in the weather a lot better. Yeah, I agree there. Speaking about, you were talking about going to your local mom and pop's restaurants. I would love, around here I can't, I haven't found any, but I'd love to be able to go to a restaurant where you can buy a meal that's all locally sourced, including the protein, the meat. Because you can go to restaurants and you can get your veggies, but you can never get like good local quality grass-fed organic meat. So I guess, I don't know, if I've ever, ever thought about opening anything it'd be like a higher end i guess it has to be a higher end restaurant that you can get like all farm raised food and the, to me the proteins one i was watching so two things it just popped into my head we were watching joshua wiseman i don't know if you guys have heard of him he does cooking and stuff and it, his backstory of how he got into cooking and why he got into cooking is pretty wild i listened to it on like food revolution or something like that but he was just in Scotland. He just did a video. It came out this weekend. It's called um, Cooking in the Loneliest Restaurant in the World. Well, it's like Scotland or some island, and everything in that restaurant was grown on the farm in the backyard. It's like, wow, that'd be awesome. That's cool. So he was, his thing, he was, he was able to cook with all the ingredients. He went out and they picked, well, they went, they went diving for sea urchins and they went on the farm and got everything else they needed. But it's like, that's how it should be. And then I was listening to something else. I forget what it was the other night. And I never really thought about this, but it feels like the hard thing to get local is meat. So they were talking about with everything with the meat packing facilities that shut down during everything that went on the last couple of years that we should try to get together with the grocery stores somehow and get the grocery stores to like get like a quote uh some kind of co-op going so that they can be the ones that are dealing with the local meat like i never thought about that but that would make sense like the grocery stores used to back in the day have the meat shops and they would actually have hanging halves of ca of beef in the back or pork yeah. and they were actually cut it up so it's like that's something that you could do fairly easily i would think kind of get that back going we do actually have one restaurant it here kind of crazy that to think is that. trying to do that uh, I, I won't say that the name on here, but, um, me and Jason have a mutual friend that grows all the produce for this restaurant and, you know, it's not exactly local, but it's within a hundred miles. So it's fairly close, but yep. that's, that's what this restaurant tries to do is, uh, get all of their meat locally and the produce locally. And I don't know if this particular restaurant in town is strictly sticking to that, um, but I know that's what the owners, that's what they preach. They're uh, they're real big about that. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool stuff. It's got to be hard for them to find a place to get all the meats from just to do with the, you know, I don't know if they can, where they would go to buy the meat, they must have to find people that have it processed at a USDA inspected facility and stuff. But 
So we are lucky we do have a USDA inspected plant in the area that you that I could bring my meat to and get it processed if I had the right label, you know, and then I could sell it. But they're booked out a year in advance. So like if you want to get your cow butch, you better know, you know, so it's kind of like you got a plan. So if the farmers around here that do it, they got a plan a year ahead of time for their pork, you know, for all their like that's kind of hard too. I couldn't even imagine what it would what it would what the red tape would be to you know, especially from the ground up, if you were just starting to build it all from scratch, I couldn't even imagine all the inspections and then just ever all the requirements that they, yeah. I'd be... We have some we have some friends that are getting ready to do that, and hearing their headaches, it's a bunch of red tape. You have to dot your eyes and cross your t's, and you got to jump through all the hoops. Uh, hearing from our friends that are going through all that, it sounds like it has just been one thing after another. So can't imagine. Nope. That's why we just raise our own foods. It's like, man, I'd love to be able to do more of that, but it's such a headache and a hassle that it takes the fun out of it. There's a lot of farms now that sell online. I don't know what they had to go through, but I mean, that's gotta be, well, Paul, I think Polyface Farms does it now. I think you can buy their meat online and they'll ship it to you. I, I mean, I can just imagine the dry ice and the packaging process and all that must be quite a bit. Sh sh yeah, shipping is crazy, the expense of that right now. Speaking of shipping, did you did you know UPS was supposed to go on strike? As of August 1st, that. they were going to be striking. Well, you know what? Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it's... I'll have to Google search it, but I'm pretty sure... They didn't go on strike. They reached the union and... UPS whatever reached an agreement and the average or the lowest paying full-time position is $49 an hour right now. Whoa. I think that's going to make shipping more. <laughs> I wonder our delivered guys are always in such a good mood. How was it to get your feed truck to you there, Ben? So the shipping like coffees. Uh, yeah, we're doing Kentucky uh, organics feed and well, whatever it is, coffee. Um, Kentucky organics feed yeah. is fairly decent. It still comes in 50 pound bags cause that's how we have to buy it. Um, the animals love it. All the animals are doing good on it. It's just the shipping. Um, the last time we got feed, we, we try to order it once a quarter, maybe longer if we can push it. And so this last time we got our pig yep. feed, our chicken feed, and our broiler feed because we're getting meat birds probably this week. Um, and the shipping on that was like almost a thousand dollars. It was seven hundred. Like that's wow. that's so expensive. So we've actually talked about, uh, I guess, becoming like distributors, sort of, being like a hub, and. Right. Uh, you know, going in with other families just so we can split the shipping costs a little bit. But, you know, my problem is I don't have a place to put it. So it's either we find a place to ship to and offload there, or we bring it here and I have to build some sort of yeah. barn or something. So, yeah, I, that's been one of the hardest things is uh, paying for shipping on stuff like that. How far are they from you guys, the coffee place? It's like eight hours or something like that. I'd have to look. They're they're up in okay. Kentucky, yep. so it's it's a hop, skip, and a jump. Azure Standard doesn't do anything like that for feed. Not really for feed. Uh, I've seen 
one person just buy whatever organic grains are on sale from Azure and that's what they'll feed their yep. animals. So that's a way to do it. But as far as feed, I think they might sell feed, but it was more economical to just order it directly. Well, I can't buy a grass-fed burger at my local restaurant, but I can get good organic feed in my area at least. So I guess if you're listening to this on the YouTube podcast, leave us your comments of what local economy means to you guys and what are your different ways or different thoughts of how to start growing local community in your area or just in the areas in general. Or if, say, you're from Asheville and you have a restaurant that's doing great with grass-fed meats and everything like how'd you get that up off the ground so more people in the area can do that i think that'd be pretty good to know like i don't want this just to be a conversation between the three of us like if we can extend it to the viewers and we can get more feedback and more ideas and that's how we all grow we don't each have all the answers but together we can